Harp on Sports with Seth Harp. You know what time it is. Three, two, one. Let's do this. Go, bartenders. Go, food needs refills. Harp on Sports, the bar, podcast, media, audio, and radio network. What do we have in store for you on this edition of the program? Kiermeyer's curtain call. As Kevin Kiermeyer done for the year for the Tampa Bay Rays. And look, is this the end of his career there? The club has an option for next year. They can buy him out. Uh, Mike Zeno also done. Rays catcher. Is this the end of an era a little bit for the Rays? We're going to look at that. Also, a little Hall of Fame forecast. David Ortiz, the big name, the modern era, I guess, name in baseball that went in uh, over the weekend in Cooperstown. What about next year? Three guys should get in. Maybe none. I think we're going to get at least one. But here are the three guys. And I think more than that probably should be. But here are the three guys coming up that that should be in Cooperstown, at least in trying next season. Also, how about this? Mayor Lightfoot Chicago renderings. Images come out. A $2.2 billion total renovation of Soldier Field. It's very similar to what the Packers have done at Lambeau. And look, the Bears in the city... You know, sitting around, the Bears bought a gigantic chunk of land at the racetrack. What is it, northwest side of town? And Chicago's like, look, we got to keep the Bears downtown. They go up there, got to keep them down here. Plus, we're not going to have any control over this. And there's another ulterior motive in here as well, as Chicago finds itself missing out on a variety of things. So we're going to dive into that as well. Remember, Harp on Sports, the bar, podcast, media, audio, radio network. Follow, share, like, subscribe, Twitter, Instagram, at Harp on Sports. Auditory Route, Buzzsprout, Spotify, Apple Podcast. You can also consume us. Harp on Sports Facebook page. Harp on Sports The Bar YouTube channel. And of course, harponsports.com. Okay, going to start off with this. Uh, Kevin Kiermeyer done for the year. But he had torn labrum in his shoulder and fought through it, fought through it. It's funny because I have one of those. I have no idea how you can play baseball with it. No idea. But he's done for the year. So what now? Well, the Rays can pay him $13 million next year, or they can let him walk. Most franchises would pick that up in a heartbeat, but the Rays aren't most franchises. They can buy him out for $2.5 million and let him walk, so what do you do? Also, Mike Zanino. So with Zanino, boy, you find yourself in a tough situation because you've got a catcher. Last year, he had 30 home runs. Mark Zanino, I mean, you look at what he did a year ago, he was an all-star. He was one of the bigger threats at the plate. He may have been the boy. Well, he was the biggest threat behind the plate in baseball last year, right? At least with the long ball. This year, he's been hurt. Can't get it going. Now he's done for the year. I think he's in a little bit different situation. Because I looked at the minor leagues. I even went through and looked at this a little bit. From the perspective of where the Rays sit. Well, they got a guy by the name of Ford, Ford Proctor and Joe Hudson. Joe Hudson's over the age of 30, so he's not the future there, at least catcher. Um, this Ford Proctor, similar, I mean, he's on pace like for 15 home runs, 50 RBI at AAA in Durham. So you're going to get to see him. Not, I mean, you already got to see him, but he, this is what's going to happen the next two months here. And I think that's the answer to it, isn't it? It's like, well, what do we do for next year? You wait and see how the final two months plan out this year, at least pay out in terms of on-the-field productivity. Ryan Bolt, he's 27 years old. Was he a race second round pick four years ago? Would he go to Rice? He's worked his way up now. Well, here you got a guy that, all right, is is this the guy in the 
for the future here in center field. And, you know, Kiermaier, $13 million. Defensively, he's fantastic. What's he won three gold gloves? But offensively, he was not that ever that big of a monster productivity-wise. But if, the, if he were healthy, he'd hit you 14 home runs, drive in, what, 50, 60 runs? You know, and this team was kind of put together like that. But let's face it, with Wander Franco banged up as well, but he is the future. This is the direction that you're moving. So what do the Rays do here? Well, you wait. You wait until the offseason and see where you stand. Now, the difference is Kiermaier, you control that. Zanino, you don't. But a catcher that's had a bad year or an injury-prone year that's over the age of 30, look, if you're the Rays, you probably can get and they probably are going to be able to get Zanino for three or four million dollars next year. You want to bring him back and try it again? Why not? And then you can start to make some decisions. If he's having a good year, you want to move him at the deadline, depending on what you have in the minor league system. The Rays have always really been really, really good with this. Really good with this. Now I hear, you know, at least rumblings out of Tampa. It's like, well, we'll get Kiermaier to do a team-friendly deal. No, it's not going to happen. He's not going to take like two years, 10 million. He's not going to do that. Why would he do that? On the open market, he's probably worth $10 million a year. But that's just it. You're asking for a defensively solid center fielder that's going to hit you 14 home runs, can win you a gold glove. Where exactly does he fit? Who's going to be in the bidding for somebody like that? Seriously. Can you think of any big-time center fielders that are retiring? I, you know, as you start to look around the, the path of baseball and the fact that he does play indoors and where does he play and... Like he, he's kind of taking a financially friendly contract, but if you're Kiermaier, they're going to look around and go, okay, <clears throat> coming off surgery, or at least I'm coming off a year where I got shut down. I healthy 33. I can hit you 15 home runs. I can still play an elite center field for how many more years, three or four more years. So I, I think there's some maneuverability there. Depending on what happens these next two months, let's say the guys that fill in for Zanino and Kiermaier, are average. I just go right down the middle and say they're, they're, they're mediocre and you're not sure. Because if you say they're terrible, well, then you're going to have to do something. If you say they're great, then you're not going to do anything. Let's say they're right down the middle. Then at that point, what do you do? You try to get Zanino to do a deal. He's a free agent. And you pick up Kiermaier's $13 million option. You do. Why? Because, you know, at that point, if it doesn't work out and he, he, he's kind of pedestrian, then you let him walk at the end of next year. If he's good, then, then you make a deep playoff run. If he's bad, okay, I, I, or you're bad, I guess you could try to move him at that point. But, you know, as an organization, they, they always seem to be able to let the guys go at the right time. The Rays are, they're not exactly like it, but the Rays are so much like the Patriots in terms of their ability to gauge and, and evaluate players in which they can say, all right, well, let's let him go right now. He's probably got another year left, in, but let's let's move on from him. I just think of all over the years, all the guys that they've had that they've let go at the fight, like Carl Crawford. Okay. Not lucky at free agency, but I know Longoria was able to go have a couple successful years after he left Tampa. But for the most part, they, they let guys go just at the right time. David Price walked away just at the right time. They do. They do a very, very good job of that. So uh, again, if you're looking at it, you pick up the option on Kiermaier and you see where you sit and he can come back. If he's healthy at all, he's going to hit you 10 home runs, 15 home runs Look, a year from now. If he's healthy at the all-star break, dude may have nine, 10 home runs. 
you know, playing a, a good center field. And then you can decide, well, should we move him here at the trading deadline? Can we get something for him? Or you just ride it out and you let it go. Let him walk at the end of the year. But what you don't do if you're the Rays, you don't get in one of these, we're going to give him three years, $45 million. That's not going to happen. So Kiermaier, look, <laughs> you're the Rays. You're, you're not going to do a long-term deal with him. He doesn't really have a choice anyway. But you pick up the option on him, and then you see if Zanino will come back for 3 or $4 million. And then at that point, you try to do one more round. You move on if you want. It all depends on what these guys do. The Ryan Bolts and the Ford Proctors of the world here in the next few months. If they prove it all, or if anybody, double anybody, down that minor league system can come up and grab your attention. Now the question is, should the Rays, right now the Rays are a postseason team, right? The Red Sox have fallen apart. So with the Rays without these guys, can they make a run deep into uh, you know September? And with the Yankees, where the Yankees are, you're not going to win the division, but can you win a wild card? Can you contend? The Rays have the pitching to contend? I don't know. But the Rays aren't going to be buyers at the trading deadline. That's not going to happen. So try it one more round. If Zanino, a guy like that, I'm, I'm not going more than five or six million on him. We'll see. See where they sit. But they, they do have some maneuverability there. So there's where you are with that. Speaking of baseball, shifting gears, Hall of Fame, David Ortiz steals the show. For my money, for what it's worth, I don't know of anybody in baseball in the postseason that I'd want at the plate, down a run in the ninth inning more than that dude. I can't think of anybody. In the last 40 years, who would you rather have? People say Barry Bonds. I didn't see Barry Bonds enough in the postseason. And up until we had the quote-unquote performance-enhancing era of Barry Bonds, Guy was pedestrian in the postseason. What do you like? One ninety, little over two hundred, and then of course things changed that Angels World Series, right? Just put on a, a monster show. But just from where I sit and, and looking at it and checking the boxes here, when it comes to the Hall of Fame, I mean David Ortiz was elite when it mattered the most, winning time. So I, I look at this coming up here next year, guys that are already top 10 voting wise. And then newcomers is a bunch of guys that are like the Jacoby Ellsbury's and Matt Cain's. And those guys don't have a shot. Um, Johnny Peralta doesn't have a shot, but the guy that should go in right away is Carlos Beltran. I went there, looked at Carlos Beltran's numbers and what he was able to do in his career. I mean, guy had over 435 home runs. He stole over 300 bases. That guy's got over 300 home runs and 300 stolen bases. What'd he win out in the outfield? What'd he win? Four gold gloves. He made an all what nine time all star. So you, you've got Carlos Beltran who won multiple gold gloves, went to nine all star games, did over 400 home runs, stole over 300 bases. That's all famer. That's all famer. Got in some big postseason moves, big postseason. <laughs> I mean, I think of that series that he was with the Astros. Yeah, he had the series with the Mets. It didn't work out when they lost to the Cardinals and the Cardinals went on to win the World Series. But Carlos Beltran, he's a Hall of Famer. Check. He checks the box for me. There's guys out there that I look at like, I, I'm torn on guys like Todd Helton and Jeff Kent. I am. They, if I had a, a, my 10 guys, they would be on that list of 10 guys that I would check the names next to. Like Andy Pettit, I'd check the name next to him too. But these are the guys I think are going to get in. So, boom. Carlos Beltran, first time eligible. Guys have been eligible multiple times. What is this? I think Scott Rowland's fifth or sixth crack at it. I think Scott Rowland should be in. Now he had, what, 60, what I, I mean, make sure I wrote the numbers down here. What do you have? 63% of the vote. Scott Rowland had 63% of the vote. So what does history tell us? History tells us he's going to be right around 70% of the vote next year. So 70% of the vote gets you what? Not in. He's got to get to 75%. Scott Rowland is eventually going to get in. 
Do I think it's going to be this upcoming year? It should be. He continues to gain more momentum and more momentum. And as guys start to drop off the ballot, all of a sudden fondness starts to click in. Here's what Scott Rowland did, right? You know, we talk about rookie of the year, seven-time All-Star. Scott Rowland hit over 300 home runs as a third baseman. The dude won eight gold gloves at third base. That's remarkable. You take a guy that went to seven All-Star games, won eight gold gloves, hit over 300 home runs at that position, and did it at St. Louis and Philly. I know the last few years were in Cincinnati, but he did it in St. Louis and Philly. Even more impressive. To do it in those markets. So Scott Rowland should have a check mark next to his name. And the other guy that should have a check mark next to his name, now I don't think he's going to get in. He's the one, least likely of these guys to get in, is Andrew Jones. I still don't know, you, you know, what the question marks about Andrew Jones are. I know his career batting average isn't that high. But that dude's got what? Over 400, oh, he got 434 home runs. Guy won 10 gold gloves in center field. Guy was the best center fielder in baseball for a decade. 10 or more than that, just this amount of gold gloves he won. Andrew Jones had over 400 home runs, has 10 gold gloves. He's not a Hall of Famer. That's That's absurd. Those are the three guys, if you had to put gold, silver, bronze, those you may even put Andrew Jones at the top. problem with Andrew Jones is he's hovering right around 41%. So I look at it from Andrew Jones's perspective, if he can get around 48 49%, then he can start to take off. Then he can have one of those Scott Rowland runs. But the question is, is there enough in the tank for five more years here to get him above 75%? Those are the three that should be in. Now, look, I've got guys like Fred McGriff that should be in as well. Fred McGriff has, what, 492 home runs, 2,200 hits. I just, I, I look at baseball's Hall of Fame and, you know, it's kind of, Jimmy Cat finally got in, um, Buck O'Neill got in, Gil Hodges got in. You have all these guys that finally get in now that the Veterans Committee, and that's changed a little bit over the years, like the Harold Baineses and the Jack Morrises finally get over the hump. You know, got, there's a guy like Billy Wagner out there as well. Billy Wagner was good. Very good. Is he a Hall of Famer? I don't know. These guys should be, these are the three of the guys that should be in. From the numbers and what their impact was on the field, Carlos Beltran, Scott Rowland, Andrew Jones, all should be in the Hall of Fame. They should be. Now, you want to get into the philosophical debates of Clemens and the Bonses and the Schillings. Yeah, I, I get it. Th those guys, and baseball is going to fight this and argue with this, and it's a sport... <laughs> that does this more than any other one, you know, on the field, off the field, performance-enhancing drugs. It, Schilling's not in because of his views on life. I know. But the guys that are still on the ballot, the guys that are still eligible, baseball wants to do this right. should put four guys in next year. These four, McGriff should get in next year, Beltran, Roland, Andrew Jones. Andrew Jones is not going to get in. He's too low percentage-wise. If you get around 50% next year, I don't know if Scott Rowland's going to get in. Beltran should. But baseball may not put any guys that currently you know are part of this active era. We'll see. We'll see what they decide to do. One to shift to this. Wrap up with this. Chicago Bears. Was it Lori Lightfoot, the mayor of Chicago? $2.2 billion plan. They unveiled it. Remodel, renovate Soldier Field. Put a dome on it. Oh my gosh, Chicago could be playing in a dome. So, so what? Well, that's just not natural. All right. What, the Vikings used to play outdoors, then they played in a dome, and then they played outdoors for a year, and now they're back in a dome. I, 
here's the here, here's the truth. When you play inside of a stadium that has a roof, what does Minneapolis get to do that Chicago doesn't? Host Super Bowls. What does Minneapolis get to do that Chicago doesn't? Host Final Fours. What does Minneapolis get to do that Chicago doesn't? I don't know. Anything that requires an indoor facility. Technically, Minneapolis, if you wanted to, I mean, look, they could host a draft. They could do everything in that side, inside that joint. They can do everything in there. Chicago, look what Chicago loses out on. Chicago doesn't get to have the Big Ten championship game. If if Chicago would build this thing, they'd take the Big Ten championship game away from Indianapolis. At least make it rotate between Indianapolis and Chicago. The, the basketball tournament rotates between those two cities. The reason they can get away with this, the reason Indianapolis gets it every year, because Cleveland is open door, Green Bay's open door, Minneapolis has wanted to get their hands in the Big Ten championship, but everybody looks around and goes, you're way, you're, you're so far north and so far west, you're not centrally located. Chicago and Indy are centrally located. So Chicago, look, you, if Chicago does this, they'll get a Super Bowl. Chicago does this, they'll get their hands in the Final Four. Chicago building this, of any city that it hurts more than any other city, it hurts Indianapolis, because it'll start to yank Final Fours away from Indy, and it'll... They'll definitely yank a Super Bowl. College football playoff will end up in Chicago if, if the Bears build this. Think about where you are. New York doesn't get to host those big events. Final Fours. They got to host the Super Bowl just because it was New York and they built a billion-dollar stadium. They got lucky with that one a decade ago. But with this, wow. And look, if you're Chicago, the Bears buying that gigantic parcel of land where the racetrack is, what is that, the northwest side of town? This is the mayor of Chicago coming out and saying, look, we, we got they're going to leave. They're going to go up there and they're going to build that thing. We have got to do something. We've got to do something. I say, let them go up there. Okay, well, then you're surrendering all that business downtown. At least if you help build it, you can control some of the revenue. You control at least... With taxpayer-funded stadium, you can control whether or not they get Final Fours. You can control those things. They build their own stadium on the northwest side. Pff, you're not going to control any of that stuff. Billionaires should build their own stadium. You're right, they should. And firefighters and teachers should make more than actors. They don't. Firefighters and teachers and, and police officers should make more than elected officials. Congressmen and congresswomen. They don't. It's the way the world works. So, I mean, the Arlington Park site, what did they spend, like $112 million on that thing? They are The, the Bears are visioning, we're going to control the money on this. Now, the reason Mayor Lightfoot's doing this is you still have public sentiment on your side. The people of Chicago would rather see the Bears at Soldier Field than at their own. They, they would. The dome thing scares people off. The $2.2 billion price tag, is that a lot? Yeah, but they also want to build like adjacent structures for events. It's not just about football anymore. It's bigger than that. It's much bigger than that. And again, it's Chicago. Chicago misses out on every, almost every big significant sporting event now. LA. LA is going to get, well, they already have Super Bowls, but LA is going to get Final Fours, College Football Playoff National Championship game. They're going to get these things. Vegas is going to get this stuff. Chicago looking around going, wait a second here, we missed out on any, any of this stuff. Well, you shouldn't, a dome's not, oh, come on, they need an open-air stadium. Uh, guys, it's not about toughness. It's about business. 
And if the city of Chicago is going to build this, they need to do more than just football there. You know? And with five, four and a half, five million people metro, you can pull this off. You can. And the governor, the mayor, all those people, the state of Illinois got a tough, tough decision on their hand. How'd you like to be the person that oversaw the Bears leaving Soldier Field? Harbon Sports, the bar, podcast, media, audio, radio network. Follow, share, like, subscribe at Harpon Sports Twitter, at Harpon Sports Instagram, Auditory Route, Buzzsprout, Spotify, Apple Podcast, Harpon Sports The Bar, Harpon Sports Facebook page, Harpon Sports the YouTube channel, and of course, HarponSports.com. Remember, stay clean, stay focused, stay strong. Frankenstein, have fun with your friends.